The 65th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony will be back with you guys following the Christmas holiday. Hope you all had a great time with your family and friends. Got a lot of Tar Heel gear over uh, over Christmas. Um, and we are back to not talk about a game as Carolina's game against Virginia Tech got postponed. We'll dive into that. We're going to give you a... December recap, because as of the moment we're recording, Carolina will not play a game until January of 2022, so we're going to take a look back at the month that was for Carolina, but we start every pod as we always do with the pod thought of the day, and we go to the GOAT, Michael Jordan, if you, if you, you know, for Tar Heel fans, for sports fans, you've heard this quote many, many times, MJ once said, uh, I've missed... More than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Unlike Mike, I haven't failed that many times. Oh, God. But I've still been as equally successful in my field as he has been in his field. Okay. And you need to, you need to slow down because the hyperbole in this room right now is un, unprecedented. I did get cut from my freshman JV team. He got cut from you know the 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 varsity team. There's a difference. He came back and actually played. After he went on to cut. be the the best. You did in, not the best in the NBA. I went on to a legendary, some call historic, church basketball career where I once scored 35 points on a torn ACL. Which is a lie. It's not That's a, lie. a fable. It's No, it happened. No, it really didn't. I, I'm telling you. Your most successful feat after getting cut from that freshman JV team was leading... The student section at your high school. Well, that was that's that's probably your biggest accomplishment. Well, until 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 now. Yeah, you know. Now I'm more accomplished. Now, I mean, now we're 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 what, what is it? Emmy award winner? What what is it? What's the award for podcast? Do they have one? I don't know. They gotta have one. We don't. You know why we don't know? We ain't even in close to being in the running. Speak for yourself, buddy. We're coming off of a historic month. We are. We are. No. 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 So we're, I do think we're, we're making trending. the waves. We're trending there. We're going to get there. We're on an upward trajectory of 
basketball podcast elitist. I mean, we're, we're just going we're we're going one and zero each podcast. Yeah, that's more than what the football team in this town, what the basketball team in this town have a hard time oh, doing man. week to week. But there's your pod thought of the day. Let's let's get in. We were supposed to be coming back from Christmas to get into a Virginia Tech game, which was going to be a really good test for Carolina. Virginia Tech, of course, last year finished third in the ACC. They added some transfers, returned Kev Aluma, and they were off to a pretty decent start, 8-5. and five. Um, But their style of play and, and just their coach was going to give Carolina a lot of problems. The Hokies, though, adhering to COVID-19 protocols, that game was postponed on Monday afternoon with a lot of other ACC games and really virtually every Power 5 conference and every conference in college basketball is dealing with postponements as of this moment, um, including Carolina's game on Saturday right now. That is in jeopardy. Their scheduled opponent was supposed to be Boston College, but the Florida State-Boston College game it got postponed because Boston College, like Virginia Tech, is adhering to COVID-19 protocols as well. And a discussion that we were going to have coming out of Christmas was, did the ACC need to revise its COVID-19 guidelines? Well, they did that themselves over Christmas break. Remember, we entered the season when you got to conference games, if you couldn't play, you forfeited due to COVID. Right. And even... There were schools in the Big East that before they revised their guidelines, I think it was Seton Hall or Xavier, they won a game because of a cancellation of COVID-19, and then they had to forfeit a game. Seton Hall, same yeah. same week, I believe, as well. Um, Had to forfeit a game because of COVID. And all these conferences realized, look, with with, with Omicron and, and just this time of year where we knew there was going to be an uptick in positives, that's not healthy financially. And also, you just don't want to screw these teams out of getting getting a chance to play because it's not their fault. They're all doing, you know, you know, uh, unless you're Memphis, they've all done a really good job getting vaccinated and trying to do the right things both on and off the court. So now. They revised it to say, look, if you got seven players healthy yep. and one coach, you're going to play. Well, they've even now further revised it to just right now they're going to postpone games, and if the game can't be rescheduled later on in the year, it's going to go down as a no contest. And that was a, a big, a, a smart decision because the CDC came out yesterday and updated their COVID guidelines for, for for people that test positive, asymptomatic, five days quarantine, making it easier yep. to make up these games down the road. Vaccinated people, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. unvaccinated, 10. So, But that doesn't mean, for, for, for Carolina right now, they're staring at not playing this week, which would give them almost a two-week layoff in between games. Right. And I think that's something that we stressed after – after they beat Av State was, you know, they've they've got a week off, but this team needs to keep playing because you you get better by playing. You, you can get better by practicing, but you also need to be on the court. Now you're looking at a stretch where you could be off for almost two weeks, and it, it's really going to s- slow down the progress they're making on the court. Well, the other concern is, is okay, there's no guarantee then the next week you'll even get to play yep. because there's opponents that maybe haven't had these issues yet, You've got, of course, your own health that you're wondering about. So, I mean, could this, the the scary part is you're wondering, could this almost get like last football season for the team where they start, remember the first game of the year that they played against Syracuse, 
they played a month before they played their second game of the season because of how everything worked out. That's the scenario that you're hoping you can avoid if you're Carolina. Now, I, I mean, look, maybe they get to play that game against Boston College. You know, we were talking about it earlier off air. We, when did Boston College's guys test positive is the question. If they meet that six-day window, then they'll be back. And again, there, there might that's probably regardless. If that game's played... That's going to be an extremely depleted Boston College. Mm-hmm. That that'll probably they might be able to meet the minimum requirements. But yeah, this is a thing that college basketball is having to deal with. And I mean, first in terms of them revising the rules, definitely made sense. You're seeing how fast this is spreading. It's happening in a lot of the major sports leagues. You needed to make this this reservation to the original plan that you had because yeah. In the offseason, that looked like a pretty solid plan because usually the only time that you were going to have guys test positive is basically by them breaking protocols. Now, we're seeing how fast this is spreading and Omicron is is able to spread much quicker than the original one is, is basically what the CDC is saying. So it makes sense that you've got to revise these and yeah, I thought it was ridiculous that the Big East let it get to that point yeah. when we saw how quickly it was spreading because you had multi. I mean, I think it's at least four, maybe maybe five games in the Big East that were decided already because of forfeit, and you can't overturn those now. So you got losses on resumes that you're like, okay, well, how does that? Now the thing is, is how is the committee going to weigh? the Big East when it comes to the NCAA tournament as opposed to other conferences that revise theirs in time for conference season. So it's conf- that part is extremely confusing. Uh, and, and you know, I'm just glad the ACC stepped in and did something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we were entering a point where we had to seriously discuss should sports be playing at this time of the year. I mean, look, college basketball has been hit the hardest. Yep. I know that everybody wants to talk about how there are so many guys in the NFL that are testing positive. Like yesterday, there were 96 guys that tested positive. Honestly, dude, you're talking about entire conferences in college basketball that probably have 96 guys testing positive. I mean, it's just, you have rosters just, I mean, there's the whole teams are testing positive at this point. And the problem is, is a lot of people probably say, well, you know, in the NBA, they're still playing. Well, yeah, in the NBA, you have G League teams. Well, they also expanded their rosters and did X, Y, and Z to make sure the show could go on. Right. You don't have that luxury in college athletics. And I, I was the proponent that for, especially for the NBA, do what the NHL did, and college basketball is there too. Take a two-week pause. If you have to extend the season, fine. I'd rather us finish the NCAA tournament in May yes. than not have the NCAA tournament at all. But I do think now or, that, you, that or, you have the updated CDC guidelines, it does make it easier. But the problem is is that you're going to have weeks because you still want to get as many of those conference games in as you can. And remember, they play 20 league games now in the ACC. There will be weeks where maybe not Carolina specifically, but a Duke or some other schools that have already canceled numerous games, they'll play three, four times in seven days. Or these games won't be played. Or they won't be played. But And then you get into the conversation of, and, and hopefully for for this podcast, it won't really concern us, if you're on the bubble 
and you miss one of those key games that could be a quad one, quad two win, it's going to affect your chances to get into the tournament. You're hoping that Carolina is not in that area, but look, there's, I mean, outside of Duke, is there anybody in the ACC that doesn't think they could be in that area? Well, like, they, they had to do with that last year. Remember, Carolina had three ACC games postponed. Right. All at home, and one was against a Virginia Tech. Now, of course, they got Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament, but they had games that if you win, now you're 21-7, and 21-8, and eight, maybe you're a 5 or a 6 seed, and who exactly. knows? Maybe Carolina doesn't get trounced in the first round. Maybe Roy Williams doesn't retire. No, don't go. You know, all, don't, of, that, you don't go all there. of that stuff. And so, look, that's going to be a factor. It's going to it, – COVID is going to keep teams out of the NCAA tournament. It's going to put teams in the NCAA tournament because they've had less amount of games, so less amount of chance to lose. And so I think – I still think we got to play this by year – but I do think the CDC updating their guidelines for vaccinated individuals, and as far as we know, our team is vaccinated and our coaching staff is vaccinated. But it, it's it's going to be something that, you know, uh, probably until the spring we're going to have to juggle. And as long as we get to the finish line like we did last year, it was once we got to the national title game, you could finally just breathe a sigh of relief. Right. Because up until then, because you had one NCAA tournament game get – a rule to forfeit because of COVID, you didn't know. And I'm not, you know, maybe maybe people that are a lot smarter than me, maybe we need to go back in bubbles to play sports. I don't know. I know it's not fair to the kids to do that for a second go around because we know how much that impacted them on and off the court right. last season. Well, Carolina's already kind of, they're going back to stricter protocols. I know at least the football program from what, has been said about how they're handling the bowl game is that these guys are basically back into 2020 type protocols. So so they are they're going to pretty much do what they have to do. These guys aren't blind. Like the players on the team, the coaching staffs, they know, look, we're back not maybe not at the level that we were uh, you know, back in 2020. We know a little bit more now. This strain doesn't seem to be as deadly, but seems to be able to spread more quickly. So, look, they're going to try to adjust, but, I mean, at this point, you kind of just have to wonder, is this, you know, is this an inevitable thing that's going to eventually hit this group? Yeah, I'd imagine if, if Mac Brown's football program, which has one meaningless game left to go for the end in offseason mode, if they're operating like they did last year, you'd have to imagine with Carolina, the brunt of their ACC schedule ahead of them, that I, I do think Hubert Davis would have the awareness to pull his guys back in. And look, the benefit is they've, they've done it before. Every guy on the roster except for Dontrez Styles and DeMarco Dunn have done this. And even to a certain extent, those guys were bubbled last year because some schools were remote learning and you just went to practice when you went to practice and, and played games when you played games in empty gyms as well. So that's going to be the benefit is if, if, if we have to revert back to last year we, we've done it before. We know how to handle it and, and how to best navigate it. Well, we're going to take a quick break, give you this week's ad from DraftKings. Then we're going to come back and we're going to recap a, the, the month of December for Carolina on the basketball court. 
Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN, the Basketball Podcast Network, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required, only one per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers. I've been giving you over here on the Four Corners pod. As for Anthony on the Heel Tough blog pod, get that extra cash so you can pay off your holiday debt that you spent trying to get your wife or your kids that special gift for Christmas. All right. Let's dive into December because when we entered the month, that you had Michigan the very first day of the month, then you had Georgia Tech later that week, and we labeled that week as a really big week for for Carolina yep. and for Hubert Davis. They got wins in both of those games. They beat Michigan at home, really trounced them in that second half, went on the road at Georgia Tech, and with another big second half, got got their first ACC win under Hubert Davis. Overall, they went five and one during the month of December to push their record to nine and three, eight and three in the non-conference, one and zero oh in the ACC play. Those nine wins before Christmas, of course, those were the most since 2017-18. That year, Carolina was a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, but it was a kind of like November where you got you got some bright spots, but the thing that we all have still stuck in the back of our head is the stinker. And, of course, that stinker came against Kentucky where Carolina was down as many as 35. They got their largest margin of defeat since 2012, their largest deficit since 2010. So even though they went 5-1 and one overall and they got those nice wins over Michigan, over Georgia Tech, even that win over Furman and App State, those are two teams that could be NCAA tournament type of teams. You still have the, the the bad loss that is still in the back. I know it's in the back of my head. It's still in the back of a lot of Tar Heel fans' head. Still has us questioning, what did we learn about the team in that month? By the way, can we uh, appreciate the fact that you said you've got a stinker in the back of your head? Yes. that's. I like that phrasing, by the way. Um, I, I, I don't know. I tend to look at the positive here. I think that you started out the month, and you could say whatever you want. Michigan is not having the season that most people imagined that they would. That's a team that, at the time, was still a legitimate opponent, and you came out and handled your business. That that was that was one of the biggest moments of the season. Because mm-hmm. if you would have lost that game, that is three straight losses 
Or no, no, you had UNC Asheville in there. That's right. But against power conference opponents, you would have had three straight losses. You would have lost three out of four overall. And all of a sudden, then you wonder, well, what does that turn into at Georgia Tech? Because now all of a sudden, that's almost a must win. And th- that's that's the way I look at it. Was That was a big win. Georgia Tech was a nice statement to start out conference play because, I mean, look, do I think that team's going to be great? No. But with the way that the ACC is looking this year, the fact that they've got some guys that can score the basketball and that they've got Josh Pastner as their head coach, which say whatever you want. You may think the dude's weird, the dude's a nut job, whatever. The dude man can coach, coach. K wearing a face shield. Yeah. He can coach. Man can coach. So And his name is Josh. That's oh God. What else more could you say about the guy? He's also I'll I, label him what I've been labeled as basketball aficionado. Okay. All right. Yeah, you've also self-labeled yourself that. No, that was labeled... Who said that? Nick Wilson, on air. I don't believe you. On the airwaves. That I don't was, I don't believe you. That I was think communicated lying. to the Charlotte listening area that I am a basketball aficionado. <sighs> God, yeah, that is exactly what your ego needed for sure. But, uh, yeah, you, you then you know you move on, and, and that win over Furman, again, people are going to look at that and say, well, how big of a win really is that? Well, I mean, it's probably in the same category as the College of Charleston. I think both of those teams could legitimately make the NCAA tournament. And the thing that was constant in those three wins was better defensive efforts each time you took the floor. App State, you saw them rebound from that game against Kentucky with a much better effort. Dare I say, probably their best defensive effort of the entire season. So there's a lot of good to come out of the month. Now, the loss to Kentucky should probably, I mean, we were talking about, okay, is there a chance that this team is very clearly the second best team in the ACC? And do we think that this is the team that right now is seen as a threat to Duke? I think that probably backed you off of that thinking a little bit. Yeah, you might be the second best team in the ACC, but right now it's pretty clear Duke's the best team in the conference. That's kind of where I'm at. That was concerning for sure. And you're really hoping that that doesn't become something that pops up from time to time because I don't think that'll be every night in ACC play. Most of the teams aren't good enough. But you're hoping that ain't going to pop up against Duke. Yeah. Like, so, like, like the biggest thing is that that's happened twice in 11 games. So, like, you know, the saying is, is once you put it once on film – it's already it you know then of course it's on film and teams have that well here's the, but that's here's, happened twice and it happened within a month it wasn't like it was the first game and then a month and a half later it happened again that happened within a four week span and the, the the biggest difference with the Kentucky loss as as opposed to the Tennessee loss was that Tennessee came after a day where we felt really really good after a defeat because you competed with the Purdue team that's a top five team in the country. They're going to be um, most likely a number one or two seed in the NCAA tournament. The difference with Kentucky was was you had almost a week off to play that game. Now, granted, of course, you were supposed to play UCLA. That game got switched because of COVID, and you, and you get and you get Kentucky, a team that we thought we matched up better than, and you came out and laid a complete egg. the 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 biggest the the one thing you want to avoid, and I heard this the other night. 
Um, it was either Seth Greenberger or or, or Fran Fraschilla on one of the halftime shows around a college basketball game. Would you never want to enter conference play not knowing who you are? And I don't know if Carolina's to that point because I think I know who our best player is, and that's Armando Baycott. Yep. I think I know who our most important player is, and that's Caleb Love. I think I know who the second most important player is, and we said that's that's R.J. Davis because when he plays really well, Carolina looks to be at a different level. But I still think we're back where we've been in the last couple years entering league play is we don't we're not as certain night in night out what Tar Heel team is going to show up mainly defensively. The last couple of years it was on both ends of the court. I'm confident most nights this team's going to score the ball and do it rather easily. See, that's the, this is the thing for me. I don't know if I exactly know what this team is. I feel like the last couple of years we knew what those teams were. They weren't good. They weren't good. Yeah, that's that's the thing. This team, I think we've got some more questions as to is this team legitimately good? Is this a team that you could legitimately say at the end of the season projecting forward? You could put them on a three or four line. And, you know, that's I, where I'm at. I, I, I think the reason why it's hard to say yes to that question, because that's a really good question, by the way. You get your one for the year. Um, one for the year? One for the show? No, one, one for the year. Is is the had, had the Tennessee losses and the Kentucky losses still happened, but they weren't blowouts, I would sit there and say, okay, we can compete with those teams. Right. We competed with Purdue, but the other two games – we had no will, no fight, no desire to compete with those teams, and and to me that that's that's what was the most alarming thing. So, so the effort level is concerning for sure. I think the thing with Kentucky is you're not going to see somebody that can rebound that way against them. I mean, maybe maybe Duke, but I I mean you're talking about a team in Kentucky that came in as were they the best rebounding team in the country at they the were time? The, they were the third best overall team and the third best offensive rebounding team. But rebounding comes back look you, you can teach rebounding technique. It comes down to the same thing we talk about defensively. How bad do you want to rebound? How much effort do you want to put in into boxing out your man or chasing down the loose ball or diving on the floor or all of those components, because look, I think Carolina is a lot better than they were the last couple of years, and, but that's not saying a whole lot for my standards or what this program should be. But I don't think we're at the point like we were, you know, even in 2018 and 19, where you could roll the ball out and say, "Well, I know I can beat you because I've got Kobe White, Cam Johnson, Luke May, Kenny Williams." I don't think we're to that level yet. I still think night in, night out, Carolina's got to play to the to the highest maximum effort they have to give to to win, which isn't a problem. Right. There, there's nothing wrong with saying that. And I and I hate and, and for a lot of those years you hated watching wins and saying, Well, God, if you know, if had, had we played better, had we tried harder, the result might have been a little uh, more, you know, I, I, I we it's gonna be a long time before we're gonna hear that again. You know, okay. And so I I think I think that's the thing. My concern with them is there are just times I thought in in both of those games that they got blown out in they just got out muscled well I'm concerned about the overall toughness of this team that's the thing that concerns me a little bit about this team does that mean that look they're going to be a bad team that means they're going to miss the NCAA tournament no but there is a there are chances where there are nights where teams are just going to punch you in the mouth 
and you are not going to have a response and you're going to see some real some real stinkers for this team at other points in the season. That's the thing that concerns me the most. Is it going to be one a month? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, hopefully we, we, we're hoping not. But at the same time, it's like, okay, even with that, as long as you take care of business the rest of the month, you're probably going to be okay. Do you trust this team more today than you did the 1st of December? Yes, because, I mean, you got to think, your last your last impression in the month of November was Tennessee. No, it was UNC Asheville. <sighs> but, I mean... But that that was one of those games where you're honestly like, how much did you take away from that game? I didn't really. You know what I took away from that game? Carolina still slept walked through that game, and UNC Asheville wasn't very good. Do you trust Hubert Davis more today than he did the first of December? Yes. Beat. I mean, you you beat Michigan, you beat Georgia Tech on the road. Yeah, you got to trust him more, and 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 that's natural. You're gonna start trusting him a little bit more as he goes throughout this first season you would expect unless he starts to hit a little bit of a losing streak but again it's hard to really judge him he's in his first year um our guy who we've had on a couple of times rl bynum wrote a great article the other day i don't know if you saw that one Mm. where he compared uh, his record to some of the other coaches records when they first arrived back uh to carolina or arrived to carolina in the first place um, and I mean, look, his his record is is not bad. I mean, it's for for not nine and three, and for some of the wins that he's got on the resume, I mean, it, it's it's pretty solid. And I mean, he pointed out that Dean Smith was six and six in his mm. first year there. Now, of course, Dean was dealing with NCAA stuff and everything like that. But I yeah, I I think you you have to be somewhat satisfied with the wins that he's got on the resume. The the loss to Kentucky is concerning maybe from a player personnel standpoint, but I don't I'm going to be honest with you. No matter what you did in that game adjustment-wise, which we said we would have liked to see more zone and everything like that, I they still would have gotten beat. I there was no way the effort was not there and part of that is on him. But part of that is also on the guys on the court that just we're not bringing it. There's the, the leadership concern is one that I still have at this point of the season. You need those guys on the court that are going to look around and say, yeah, this effort ain't good enough. We got to step it up. Do you trust me more as a podcast host today than you did the first of the month? I haven't trusted you since the day I met you. So, wow. Um, so, uh, you know, a, a big thing under Roy Williams was our trust factor in him that the team was going to get better from November to March. Yep. And I'm not going to sit here and say that if Carolina was 9-3 and three with those two losses against Tennessee and Kentucky with the same margin, if Roy was head coach, I probably wouldn't have freaked out to the level that I thought that I did in those moments. Which makes sense. He is a proven head coach. So, getting, so what my question is, is do you still think Carolina is – trending towards a team that is getting better by the month and when we get to February the end of February and the early part of March Carolina will be playing their best basketball because like in 2019-20 that team peaked at the Battle for Atlantis now granted injuries and a lot of things played into that no 2019-20 they peaked in the season opening game against Notre Dame um you know, last year, I don't know if the team ever really outside outside of their what wins. What was the over highest? Duke, what was the highlight of that? Year? Outside of their wins over Duke, they may have never peaked. 
and and, I, and that's one thing that I, I do think Carolina is getting they are trending upward. That's why I didn't like you know the week layoff at the end of uh, the month after App State coming back from Christmas. Now it could be two weeks because I do think the more I've seen them play when they play consistently, they do get better. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing because, as we've mentioned, the ACC is down this year where Carolina is probably going to win some games that they shouldn't win when they don't play well because the competition isn't as good. Yep. And and so all, and with that being said, you know, we enter the year thinking 13-7 and seven might, you know, finish top three, you know, maybe. Now – I mean, fifteen and five at the worst is going to win you the league. Them and Duke might be in an arms race for a 16, 17 wins in, in in league play. And I think it's something that Carolina has proven that. And look at those wins, even though they're against lesser competitions like Furman, like Elon. They didn't shoot the ball well, but they they right. they, they did other things well to win. I think that's the one thing about this team is that. They have their their philosophy and how they want to play, but they also can win in other different ways, and that's something I've been really big on because we didn't do that the last couple of years. We had to play a certain way to win. Yes. And when they did, when they played a certain way, they usually won. But there are times this year where we haven't dictated the game the way that I think we should, but it's not as big as a problem because we're a better offensive team in the half court. We're a better defensive rebounding team or or whatever you want to use. Well, just I mean, just look at the first, you know, month of the season and even early on in the month of December. I mean, you were winning games because you were knocking down shots from the perimeter. Well, that disappears in the games against Elon and 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 mainly in the game against Furman, I thought showed how they adjusted. I think Elon, you were just more talented. I think that was right. really what let you win that game. Furman, you basically went back to playing the way you played a year ago. Yep. You threw the ball up, you went on the glass, you got an offensive rebound, and you finished with second chance points. So there's multiple ways, that, and, and we've talked about that a few times here. It's just, the, the the thing is, there are those games that you just, you get punched by your opponent and you just have no response. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I think November to December... I think that the Tar Heels have definitely gotten better. This past month was a better month for them. I think if you need to look at just one element to go off of even, just look at the defense. This team is so much better defensively now than they were coming into the month. Remember that in November, you could say whatever you want about, well, you know, they let up how many to Kentucky. Okay, that's fine. But remember that coming into the month, you had let up 87 to Brown. You had let up 84 and a win to College of Charleston on the road. And you had been you, you had let up over 90 to Purdue, what 95? And then you allowed 89 to Tennessee. So we came out of the month of November honestly with pretty little hope that this defense was going to be great. I mean, man, granted, you had the performance against UNC Asheville at the end where you let up 53, but a lot of that was they weren't making a lot of shots. It was a better effort, but you were honestly saying to yourself, I mean, this this team defensively is going to, this, this is what's going to kill this team. Yeah. And now I don't feel that way. I'm concerned that it, like I said earlier, it can pop up at times, but I feel like for the most part, this is going to be a team that will hold their own defensively 
and give you a chance to win a lot of ACC games. I didn't feel like that in November. Yeah, when you have a stretch where you hold opponents to 65 points or less for five straight games, six straight games for the first time since 2010, 2011, you know, it, it does make it easier to believe that you can be better defensively. Remember, we entered the year thinking they could be really good defensively. I talked all summer. <laughs> That that was the thing I was the most excited about. That bold those those bold predictions were not looking great out of the gate. And and then you know they reverse course for uh, you know a, a stretch, and then they have the Kentucky lapse. So I think the biggest area that they've got to improve is the biggest thing that Hubert Davis has harped on the most in the media. And I've been tough with him, but I want him to be. T- tougher on the team in the media. The one thing that he has consistently said over and over again is that he shouldn't have to coach effort. And twice in 11 games, you're having to coach effort. I want to see this team consistently play with effort. But on the flip side of that, us as fans, those of you that are in the Smith Center, when they die for a loose ball and they get a a, a floorboard as they call them when they force a held ball when they do things that that should require you to cheer dude when they check in and release a fart on the way okay. over to get the ball i want you to freak out so it'll be easier for them to dive and play harder defensively if we as fans reward them for that effort but that's i want to see this team uh, Oma, omicron uh, omicron Allowing, like we're, we're yeah. not saying like, look, if you are really fearful, of, do not go out. We don't, we don't have to say that. People know that, right? But I'm just saying, like, clearly, if if they are limiting crowds and everything like that, then it makes sense. The environments aren't going to be great. But like, you're get now you're getting into ACC play. Anytime this team is at home, the environment should be really strong. And yes, there are teams. Look, you could have put the. 08 09 team you could have put them in a practice gym and they would have found the intensity and they would have won they they still would have won every game as as big as they did that was just how that team was built there are other teams where they need to feed off of a crowd like that you saw how it worked so so well in that game against Michigan so you'd like to see crowds like that going forward that can help to sort of promote the effort of these guys saying look the fans are bringing it now it's up to you guys. You've got to be out. You you've got to match their energy because hey, they're they're willing to try to help you out. You got to help them out. Yeah. So th- I I want to see this team consistently play hard, play smart, play together. That's because th- I I think if they do that, then I think they'll reach their fullest potential. Look, and that that might not be the things that I laid out from the beginning of the season. That might not mean they win an ACC regular season title. That might not mean that they're a number one seed. That might not mean they make a Final Four. But I want them, if if, if we want to deem this season a success on the court for Hubert Davis, then the goal is to for them to reach their fullest potential. That's only possible if they they're, play. They're, their full potential. Yeah, their fullest potential. Now, full. Fullest is a word. No. Yes, it is. I don't think so. Yeah, fullest is a word. If it's not, it I want to challenge you on this. If one. it's not, it is now. That's that's what I want. That's that's the one thing that I could look at and say because I, I thought they they tweaked things defensively. He's made changes offensively. I think right. he I think he got Kerwin Walton back involved. He's doing he's doing the things I'm wanting him to do with his scheme and making adjustments. 
give me the consistent effort. Let us reward that effort as fans, whether it's in the building, on social media, on the podcast, whatever it is. And 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 I think we'll like the results at the end of the day. I think it's just general consistency. I think the entire, because you have, like, take R.J. Davis, for example. There's moments where R.J. Davis looks like he could average 17, 18 a game. There's moments where R.J. Davis looks like he could average five a game. You, you you see it at times with Caleb Love as well. He's had some really good games so far this year, but at times he disappears. Um, I'd like to see, you know, Brady Manick got off to a really strong start to the season. Probably their most consistent player through that first month of the year. The second month of the season, not so much. He, you know, he's had some struggles from beyond the arc. You want to see some of those guys start to become more consistent with their production night in and night out, mainly because that's going to allow you to see, okay, what are we missing? What do we need to add to this team? I'm with you. Hopefully, Kerwin Walton coming back into the rotation will give Carolina some some more perimeter shooting because they need it right now. This is a team that shot the lights out in the first month of the season and even those first two games of the month. But since then, they've had their struggles. So hopefully adding him back there can give them more consistency from the perimeter. And I think if they find that and, in turn, you keep up this effort on the defensive end of the floor, you can consistently hold opponents. Uh, You know, I I would say as long as you hold them to, in conference play, probably 70 points or fewer, you probably feel pretty confident about your chance Mm -hmm. to win just about every game. If you can do that and be this consistent team that we can start – knowing going into just about every game, okay, this is the product that we're going to see on the floor, then that's going to go a long way for you. That's what I want to see because I I am still at the point right now, and this is where I've been the last two years. Now, this year, it's not to that extent. I know this team's going to score, but I still don't know night in and night out what to expect every game going in. You talk about going back to some of those teams – in the middle of this past decade, or even towards the latter part when Kobe White, Luke May, and Cam Johnson were here, you still knew, okay, this is what this team is going to look like on a night-in, night-out base. This is what to expect from them. I still don't know exactly what to expect from this team every time they take the court. Yeah, and I, I, I think, first off, I have way too many teams I have to deal with that anyway. I don't want my favorite team to be like that. All I ask the New for, York Mets do that enough. To the, us. the only thing I ask is, is if if they want to be an inconsistent ball team, make it fun to watch. And for the most part, you take away Kentucky and Tennessee, they've been rather entertaining for me to watch when I tune in for two hours because you know it's supposed to be an escape from the world, an escape from reality. It doesn't work for me. I get more involved and get more stressed and more anxiety, more depressed when I watch sports. But that's all I it's am. It's probably not good. If 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 you don't want to be consistent, be fun and inconsistent. But uh 
Great discussion. Mm-hmm. That's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. As of right now, Carolina is scheduled to play again on Saturday at Boston College. That's a noon tip. So hopefully we'll be back later in the week to preview that matchup. If not, we'll be back on here either talking about another postponement or a rescheduled game, something like that for the Tar Heels. Hopefully we get to see them in some capacity this weekend. Well, this is going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. But before we let you go, do you want to get to the website, heeltoughblog.com? or had you covered with the announcement revol- uh, regarding the Virginia Tech game being postponed. You can go back, check that out. Football side of things, Carolina added another transfer. Anthony will be getting ready for the Dukes Mayo Bowl, um, and then we'll have you uh, with all, covered post-Mayo Bowl with a recap, tough stock report. There'll be a podcast up as well for that. So check out all that great football and basketball content on the website. And as for the podcast, you know where to find us. We host through, or we're on the Basketball Podcast Network. We host through Megaphone. You can find us on iTunes, Art Radio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. You name it, the Four Corners Podcast is there. Give it a like. Give it a review, but most importantly, hit that subscribe button. That way you get every great podcast right there in your podcast library. Well, it is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Like Anthony for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.